Hello, everybody. I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. We just wanted to give you a heads up that this week's show may sound a little different than usual. That's right. That's partially because due to popular demand, we're finally putting out a show every single week. God bless America. Yes. But there's still only two of us producing the thing, alas. That's right. So here's the deal. You will still get the same 20-minute DPD you know and love every two weeks. Thank heavens. But in between, you will get a shorter episode. Like the one you're about to hear. That is correct. It's like your mom watched your favorite DPD episode mm-hmm. and left it a little too long in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Except, as you'll see, it's still beautiful. Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. I, yeah, I, I got jokes. So what do you call a mainstream cloud? The stratus quo. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that equips you with everything you need to win this weekend's dinner party. You just got a joke from indie tunesmith Cass McCombs to break the ice. Yep. Later, you'll learn something you didn't know about our guest of honor, tennis star Venus Williams. But first, as at any dinner party, let's make some small talk. So this week in the news, you've been hearing this. Europe has been putting 91 of its big banks through so-called stress tests. Congress approved legislation restoring unemployment benefits. It is official. They have passed this historic Wall Street financial reform. Now it's time to arm you with some news everybody hasn't heard. Joining us is Christopher Bea. He's an editor at Harper's Magazine. And Christopher, what story are you going to be talking about at your dinner party this weekend? I'm going to be talking about literary alternatives to incarceration. Hmm. (laughs) Intriguing. Tell us more. So there is a program. It's actually been going on since the 90s, but uh, is starting to catch on that allows convicts to avoid prison time by entering a reading program. So it's like probation with a reading group tagged on or something? I mean, Something it... like that. I'm assuming the books are for rehabilitative purposes. <laughs> they're not reading like the Dummy's Guide to Revenge or anything like that. <laughs> no, no. I think they're reading uh, Steinbeck, Hemingway, and in one program they were reading Plato. Does it work? Are they rehabilitated? They found that recidivism rates actually drop considerably through this program, although I would actually prefer a short prison stint to revisiting uh, Steinbeck. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) All right, Christopher, thanks for that small talk. Oh, thank you. Now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history and then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is in a dunking booth perched precariously over a barrel of booze. That's a terrible thing to do to history. (laughs) Anyway, here's the story. This week back in 1938, an aviator named Douglas Corrigan took off on a routine flight from New York to California. Now, most folks at your dinner party won't know who Corrigan was or why his flight was especially interesting. Thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to. In 1938, Americans suffered from Great Depression, till Douglas Corrigan flew on the scene. Corrigan started out as a mechanic. He actually assembled the wings on the Spirit of St. Louis, the plane that made the first transatlantic flight. Corrigan dreamed of making that flight one day, so he bought a junker for 300 bucks and modified it himself for transatlantic travel. He called it sunshine. Safety regulators called it a death trap. They wouldn't let him fly it to Europe. Dejected, he said he'd fly west to California instead. But on July 17, 1938, Corrigan took off from a Brooklyn airfield, headed east, and kept going. 
28 hours later, he landed in Ireland. Until the day he died, he swore he'd simply got lost. Officials didn't buy the story. They suspended Corrigan's license and sent him back to the U.S., where he was greeted by a million cheering fans. They called him Wrong Way Corrigan, even though they were pretty sure he knew exactly where he was going. So that was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with Brad Ferrin. He is a bartender at the Clover Club on Smith Street in Brooklyn. Brad, you've heard the history. What drink did it inspire you to make? I created a cocktail called Corrigan's Bluff, which is a variation on the classic cocktail from the Savoy cocktail book called The Aviation. Okay. Your classic aviation has gin, lemon juice, maraschino, and creme de violette. So uh, what's in the Corrigan's Bluff? The, the main difference would be that I would substitute Redbreast Irish whiskey for uh, gin okay. in honor of Douglas Corrigan, who flew to Dublin. And what differentiates Redbreast from other Irish whiskey? It's aged for 12 years, for one, and it tends to be a bit higher in proof. I see. I didn't know whiskey could survive 12 years in Ireland. That's amazing. <laughs> they must have just a very secure location to age it. <laughs> and so, so lay it out for us. It's just three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice with three quarters of an ounce uh, maraschino. Okay. Just a scant bar spoon of creme de violette, and then a full two ounces red breast Irish whiskey. Have you ever uh, bluffed anyone? Have I ever bluffed anyone? Yeah, do you have a classic bluff story from your own life? Yeah, well, I mean, I agreed to do this interview because you think (laughs) that I know what I'm talking about. So, Brendan, my favorite thing about Corrigan's story... There's a lot to love there. Totally. But it led to one of the greatest headlines ever. Okay. It read, Hail Wrong Way Corrigan, but the New York Post actually printed it backwards. (laughs) It was beautiful. A joke which was totally lost on ambulance drivers. (laughs) Anyway, you don't need to be lost. You can find the recipe for the Corrigan's Bluff drink on our website. It's at .com, downloadpartydinner.www. Nice. Our guest of honor this week is Venus Williams. She's the third-seeded female tennis player in the world. She's number one in doubles with her sister Serena. She's also got a fashion line, a design firm, and she's edited a new book. It is called Come to Win, and it's essays from just about every interesting person on earth about how playing sports can lead to success in business. And Venus, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. You wrote the book's preface, and at one point you say you are comforted by rainy days. For those who haven't read this book, explain why that is. Well, growing up, I would train literally all day. So after school, I'd hit five or six hours, and in the summer, it was eight to nine hours a day. So when it would rain, we got some time off. <laughs> See, so now when it rains, it's very uh, comforting for me. It's just kind of like a snow day when you don't go to school, sure. that kind of thing. See, on the surface, that doesn't sound to me like an argument for sports. It feels like you love rain because it was a relief not to have to play sports. Well, when you're little, it means you get to do something like uh, yeah. video games. or <laughs> It's just a little kid thing, you know. I'm an adult now. Because, <laughs> you know, I will admit that I recently came to appreciate sports as a viewer only just recently and because I'd had just a traumatic experiences as a kid on sports teams and it made me a hater for a wow. long time and the book makes an argument for the importance of sports how do you make the experience something people and especially kids want to be a part of well a lot of the contributors I think they had wonderful guidance either from parents or coaches and I think it helps also if you actually love to compete yeah. um, everyone loves to compete at something so maybe it won't be sports maybe it'll be public radio yes maybe it'll be public radio just like you even if you don't end up being that star athlete what you learn from pushing yourself on the on the field uh, going past your limit knowing you can succeed at levels that you never 
thought that you could. You take that confidence and those lessons and you apply them to life. All right. We, we have a few questions that we ask everyone on the show. Okay. The first is if we're seated next to you at a dinner party, what question should we not ask you? What are you kind of tired of answering? Well, where's Serena or... <laughs> What's it like to play your sister? Notice <laughs> so, I did not ask you those thank questions. Thank you. Uh, it's so funny. People sometimes think we're joined at the hip. So while we love each other and we're our favorite company, we don't necessarily always go to the same places at the same time. What question do you wish people would ask you? What does no one talk to you about but you, you wish that they would? Wow. That's, that's, I feel like I've talked about it all. So that's an interesting question. Um, I, I like to talk about my family at the same time. So maybe that's a... It's con- a dichotomy. Yes, it is. <laughs> but we'll just move on to the third question so that you can unravel that philosophical quandary mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Here's the last thing. Tell us something we don't know. And either an anecdote about yourself you haven't shared before. I'm a just... nerd. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a athlete aka jock but i'm an uber nerd oh welcome to the fold (laughs) thank you thank you you are on public radio we embrace you i feel so comfortable thank you (laughs) i mean i'm always in school i'm always taking a class i can't if in the perfect world i would you know get degrees just and keep getting them i love languages so whatever i can get in my head i love to learn what's your favorite star trek character (sighs) Gosh, I really love Captain Kirk because I love the way he's so dramatic. Venus Williams is a nerd. God. One of us. One of us. Speak for yourself. As neither jock nor nerd. I I don't know what you're talking about. Come on. Guys, that's the Dinner Party download for this week. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And I'm Rico Galliano. Thanks this week to Jackson Musker, Vahan Balduni, and Charlton Thorpe. Now we leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or returning from this weekend's Dinner Parties. And this week, public radio lost one of its greats. NPR's Daniel Shore, and there's really only one song that sums up how we feel when we heard him on the radio. Just captures his essence. Bon appetit. Listening for you, thank. Nuno Francis, Brendan, I'm and. Galliano, Rico, I'm. Hey.